0: here we go here we go on this monday it is the 10th day of october 2022 welcome to real talk memphis ladies and gentlemen six o'clock straight up feeling good everything is in good shape uh gangs all here we are fired up and ready to go happy fall break i know many of you are out there uh, doing your thing, and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe out of town. I know the kids are out of school, uh, so that gives you license to get out and do your thing. Many folks are, you know, out and about today, so uh, congratulations. I hope that you enjoy your, your week, your time off, uh, and that uh, you are careful and safe wherever it is you go. And no, I'm not bitter. Well, I might be a little bitter. But 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 you know what, if that was the case, I wouldn't be here with you. Uh, we are, uh, of course, coming to you in a variety of ways. We are you uh, be, be heard live right here on 91.7 WYXR can also be heard live on the TuneIn in app and uh, WYXR.org. All of those you know, things kind of help to connect us together. Uh, we are also going to be on Facebook Live. Uh, we'll post the show to YouTube uh, sometime tomorrow. And uh, as we are a podcast, uh, you can uh, catch us wherever it is you get your podcast. I think we cleared all that up, got all the debris out of the way. So you have absolutely no reason or excuse whatsoever not to connect with us, even if you're on fall break. You know, I mean, you have a mobile device, right? You have a phone, right, that you're always using. So you should just just put it on the station and just put the phone down and just chill out, relax, and enjoy us for the next hour. We have a really good show for you tonight. And um, I'll quickly outline the guest here. Uh, Many of you familiar with uh, uh, a young lady by the name of Mary Beth Conley. Well, you know, (laughs) she's only been a media icon, broadcast icon in this town for close to 30 years. And uh, she is uh, newly retired and and, and, uh, hadn't been uh, not, not too newly married. Well, newly married, as a matter of fact. There's a very interesting story that goes along with that. She and her husband Rick are going to uh, be with us uh, in a few minutes. And they're also going to talk about a new television project uh, that they are launching, as well as uh, tell us about their amazing love story. A little bit later on, Elizabeth Ennis, uh, she is the senior development uh, manager for the American Cancer Society, uh, is going to join us, as well as Matt Rich. Uh, this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month uh, here, the month of October, and uh, she's going to be talking about the Race for the Cure, and it's kind of the statistics and where things are. We always want to make sure that we acknowledge uh, things like this because it is highly, highly, highly uh, important, this Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And a little bit later on, uh, folks are getting excited. Uh, basketball season is pretty much here Uh I believe October 19th is the first official game of the season for your Memphis Grizzlies. And we have uh, Jessica Benson, uh, who is the host uh, on Grind City Media. Uh, They do all things Grizz. She's the host of Memphis Grizz and uh, Grind City Media. And she's going to give us a preview as to what the boys look like this year. And I'm told they're looking really, really good. And uh, I can't wait to get her insights as to what we can expect uh, this 2022 season, but before we get too far into things, you know, as we always do, uh, it is the time when we celebrate you. What do we mean by that? Well, uh, nobody does birthday shout outs quite like Real Talk Memphis, if you hadn't noticed. And uh, we like to celebrate your trip around the sun, but I can't do that until I say, hit it, Sal. Yes it is, yes it is, yes it is Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday to each and every one of you On this day, there's a lot of to celebrate, so let's get to it Quentin Monger, happy birthday to you uh, Daryl Donaldson is celebrating, well let me see, let me, let me, try, let me try that again Daryl Donaldson Smith is celebrating a birthday Jeremy Franklin, happy birthday to you Tiffany Smith celebrating today Tony McBride, Andrew Withers, the name that most of the social media around here. Happy birthday, sir. William Martin celebrating today. Robin Durham celebrating her birthday, as is Tracy Brown, Miguel Grandberry, Latoya Clark, Jacqueline Williams-Humphrey, and save this one for last because uh, she's someone that we know here very well at the radio station always volunteering always supporting our shows christine fox is celebrating her birthday today so happy birthday to you and happy birthday to each and every one of you we hope to be here next year to celebrate your next trip around the sun thank you Sal. so in the news and notes uh i guess i want to get to this first things first um We had uh, a couple of high-profile deaths uh, this uh, past week. Uh, uh, Tammy, no, uh, Loretta Lynn. I'm sorry, Loretta Lynn uh, died last week at the age of 90. Of course, uh, you know, country music icon, uh, the coal miner's daughter, uh, just 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 an icon in the world of country music. She passed away at her home uh, in uh, here in Tennessee at the age of 90. And for those of you who are into uh, gospel music, Keith Wonderboy Johnson uh, died last week. Now, uh, you may not know the name, but if you are familiar with gospel music, the song Let Go and Let God, that was his uh, song. And that was a huge, huge hit on the gospel charts. Uh, he passed away a few days ago as well at the age of 50. Uh, and um, for a lot of folks here in the city, This one kind of hits home and kind of hits hard. Pastor Willie Boyd Jr., uh, pastor of Greenwood CME Church, uh, died Saturday night in a one-car traffic accident, uh, ran into a tree uh, in Eads on Saturday night, Uh, leaves behind a wife and uh, three children. And of course an uh, entire church congreg- congregation who is uh, uh definitely in mourning uh at this particular passing he was only forty four years old and I think I heard that he was celebrating his birthday uh this weekend as well so uh to each and every one uh we say uh you know we we, we feel we feel the loss and we mourn your loss and may your memories always be a blessing uh in news and notes m l g w ceo jt young his last day is friday and uh he is of course uh you know moving on and heading back to florida where he is from that's his home he's going to go back there to work well um (laughs) uh, that's fine for him so now who replaces him the mayor uh selected current chief operating officer of the city of memphis doug mcgowan to be his replacement as the new president of uh, mlgw and wanted to formally present that nomination and and doug's replacement as the coo t- at tomorrow city council meeting not so fast my friends uh martavius jones councilman martavius jones said he wasn't quite ready to do that he said that i think that uh, he th- he thinks that the process should be uh, a national search not just pulling somebody in and, you know, from right, right, around the, right around the corner. Uh, he wants to do a national search like a national search was conducted when J.T. Young uh, applied for the job and, and got the job. Uh, upon hearing that news, the mayor said, we're not doing a national search. I picked my man, I want this guy, and that's going to be the end of that. Well, it's not the end of that. Uh, he won't be on the ballot to be nominated tomorrow, uh, so we'll see how this all plays out. A city council drama, you know, with The mayor, and let's see here. So, last week, uh, there was a big, big roar about the fact controversy about the fact that a prisoner uh, was killed at 201 Poplar. Uh, the families are not satisfied because they're not getting enough information about all of this. Uh, they have been trying to contact the local officials to know, uh, with no luck on that end. Uh, the TBI has stepped in now uh, to uh, take and spearhead this opera, this, uh, this uh, investigation in reference to the death of 33-year-old Gershon Freeman. Uh, he died in, while in custody of the sheriff's office uh, after he was arrested on October 1st uh, for attacking and threatening his girlfriend. Uh, so, you know, a lot of questions as to what is happening, you know, uh, down in, in the jail. Uh, the sheriff has said that they are 300 officers liked. They need 300 officers down at the corrections uh, center uh, to help uh, to handle all of the inmates that they have on a daily basis. That's a lot of folks. So if you're looking for a job and you think you might want to deal with corrections, well, the Shelby County Sheriff's Office is absolutely hiring. Uh, the new DA, Steve Mulroy, and the new juvenile court judge, Tarek Sugarman, have asked the state to permit a blended sentencing program. You know, this is a big thing now. With these juveniles are committing these crimes so young, the juvenile court can only hold them until they're 19 years old, and then they have to let them go if they are not remanded to an upper division court. Uh, So they're trying to uh, see if they can maybe develop a program, a blended program, where juvenile court can keep them past the age of 19 to try to help to rehabilitate them and do other things in trying to bring down the number of these juveniles locked up uh, in juvenile court and more importantly not passed along to the adult system you know when they're under the age of 18 years old and once you try to make this a a um a pilot program uh for uh the state of the state of tennessee so we'll see what happens with that finally uh it's flu season ladies and gentlemen flu season is here uh it's, what is this, October now? And it generally goes to about March, uh, give or take. Uh, many of the doctors and the experts are saying that this could be a very rough flu season. So if you have not gotten your flu shot, you might want to, you know, take a trip down to the health department or a pharmacy or wherever and get one. Now, uh, they are definitely urging seniors to get their shot. Seniors classified as age 65 or older, uh, they get a high dose of the flu, uh, vaccine this year, uh, because they are more susceptible to it. And, uh, there is also a conversation about the fact that we could see another, a uh, COVID hit sometime uh, around the end of the year, getting into, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, December, January. They're saying that, uh, what they're looking at may a strain that uh, could be, uh, be evading the current, uh, boosters that we have. But, you know, When nobody's wearing a mask and nobody's protecting themselves and everybody's running around doing what they normally do, kids back in school spreading germs left and right, I mean, you're going to see a lot of folks getting sick. So just take care and heed the warnings, if you will. Uh, Protect yourself. Temperature's cooling down now. You ladies are getting out your fall attire and and doing your thing. Even though we'll see 80-degree temperatures tomorrow in the next couple of days, uh, things are going to eventually cool down. Okay? All right. That is a quick look at news and notes on this Monday evening. I'm going to take my first break. And when we come back, we are going to talk to, I, I mean, I, I would consider you know her an old friend, to all of us who watched uh, a little show called Live at 9 for many, many years on WREG. Mary Beth Connolly and her husband Rick Woodard are going to join me for a nice little conversation. This is Real Talk Memphis. I am Chip. We will be right back.
2: WYXR supported by the On Stage at the Halloran Center season, presenting the Memphis Songwriter Series hosted by Mark Edgar Stewart. Mark and his musical guests take audiences on a journey behind the music, sharing personal stories and introducing new works. The next event is on Thursday, November 10th. For more information, visit orpheum-memphis.com.
1: Minglewood Hall presents Lucy Dacus
0: on Friday, October 14th. Lucy Dacus is a musician, performer, and storyteller. Her most recent album, Home Video, was named a top 10 album of 2021 by NPR Music, USA Today, Rolling Stone, and the New York Times.
3: For more information, visit MinglewoodHallMemphis.com.
2: WYXR is supported by GPAC, presenting Joey Alexander on Saturday, October 15th. At the young age of 19, Joey Alexander has topped the Billboard Jazz Albums Chart with multiple releases and now sets his sights to compose idiosyncratic original works. The composer's latest recordings are highly expressive, emotional, and sincere. More information at gpacweb.com.
0: And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this uh, beautiful Monday evening in the city. And I gotta tell you, I'm 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 excited about this interview because uh, for for myself and many of us, uh, the young lady uh, that you all see is has been a favorite in Memphis television for a long time, and uh, everybody loved Mary Beth Conley. Uh, and uh, but she joins us now along with her husband Rick Woodall and uh, they are going to talk about not only uh, the the amazing love story that brought them together after, oh, just a few years, and and about a uh, future television project they have coming out called Flip My Life. Mary Beth and Rick, great to have you on the show tonight. Good to see you.
4: Great to see you, Chip. And I got to tell you, when you said young lady, Rick laughed. <laughs> I'm not so sure this
0: marriage thing is going to work out. <laughs> Rick, you're learning, aren't you, guy? You, 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 you're, you're picking it up. I guess we, we met
4: when we were 13, and we got married on the 50th anniversary of the day we met. So that tells you how, how young we are.
0: That, that That's that's really that's really wild. And, and, and young at heart. And, you know, at, at that now... Uh, I know a little bit about that story. I think, I think, uh, I, think uh, I don't know what it was. I think you were traveling somewhere, Mary Beth, and your daughter was with you in the car. And I don't know how you ended up, I don't know how Rick ended up, you know, on your mind. But uh, can you share a little bit about, about uh, how this journey began?
4: Absolutely. In uh, in 2018, we went home uh, to my hometown where I grew up of mascot Tennessee. It's a small mining community about 20 miles northeast of Knoxville. Okay. So we were getting together there at my old home um, with my brothers and sisters. And my daughter is a uh, caboose, as we used to call it. You know, I had her when I was almost 45. So she had never actually seen my home place because by the time she came along, my parents had moved to an assisted living. Uh, So I was just showing her around the old neighborhood one afternoon and showing her the high point. And we passed Rick's old house. He moved to Mascot, uh right yeah, in 1972, right before we started eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a Navy brat. And I do emphasize brat. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, She'd <laughs> <laughs> be uh, correct. Okay. All
4: right. <laughs> no, he was great. But um, we passed his old house. And, you know, maybe it was because my daughter was 14 and I was, you know we met when when we were 13 and throughout high school i had a crazy hard crush on him so maybe it was that and i just said to her oh, i used to walk around at night wishing this boy would come out because i had a big crush on him but chip i don't oh. remember even saying his name and the next day we were going somewhere and she said from the back seat i found him and he's so old <laughs> he <killing> that part. <laughs> i looked him up on facebook and i guess she in her little 14 year old mind thought she would see a cute 14 year old boy but of course the years years have been so kind to him but he's no longer 14. yeah and um quite honestly i did not feel any twinges or romantic thoughts what i felt was curiosity because uh back in 2018 we we sort of uh as a nation started seeing this white nationalist mood uh and people seemed to feel like it was okay suddenly to be outspoken uh racist as opposed to behind closed doors racist mm-hmm. not that that it's okay to you know what i mean it's yeah, not good to have it behind closed doors but it was suddenly it seemed like a lot of people felt <laughs> like it was okay and the reason i contacted rick was because in his profile picture he was holding a um, tiny little black girl. And I saw love. And I think um, I was so troubled by the sort of nationalistic, negative talk about immigrants, just increased um, incidents of racial profiling by police. What I saw in that picture, I think was hope. And I wanted to know who that little girl was and why he loved her. And that's why I reached out, you know, the reporter, Jeff, Yep. As a reporter, you know, <laughs> yep. I figured I would just start this conversation with an old friend. There you go. He had not dated in uh, in we hadn't the early talked days. Him 40 years. Hadn't talked in forty years. So it wasn't like a ri- it wasn't a romantic risk. Um, my husband and I were my former husband and I were struggling, but we were working on it. So I didn't feel like it was a threat to that. Mm-hmm. I just thought I'll contact this old friend and work my way around to. So who is this little girl? Why do you love her? And in our first conversation, Rick told me, I always had the biggest crush on you. And I, that was it. Two weeks later, lights out. Right. That was, (laughs) that was it. So Rick, I inadvertently opened the door. I can't close. There you and go. Five weeks later, we bought a house in East Tennessee, and he's been renovating it ever since.
0: Lord, that, that is absolutely, and that's an amazing story. And, and Rick, uh, I, 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 first I want to know, uh, tell me about the little girl.
5: That's what I was going to make sure. We always forget to mention. Her name is Fallon. I met her when she's just a little under one years old. My daughter is a teacher of hers. Okay. And... I used to hold her from the time she was a baby, and we just became so close. Uh, she lives down in Chattanooga. So I travel down to see her. My daughter brings her up to see us. Uh, go she, on vacation. We Heather. go on vacations. We. She is a part of our family. My the whole. My dad, I've got a picture of my dad holding her hand, taking her to get an ice cream cone.
0: Oh, that's sweet. And
5: uh, she's eight years old now. Okay. She was our flower girl at our wedding.
0: Oh, how cute. Most
5: beautiful, sweetest little girl there ever was, you know? So Mm. she stole my heart.
0: Well... There's nothing wrong with that. I, I can tell you that it, it, she stole your heart, and then the one sitting right next to you there, she stole your heart. Uh. Oh, she
5: stole. She she <laughs> always had my heart. We just uh, you know she couldn't talk to me as an eighth grader, so I thought she didn't like me.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: But I did try to make advances.
4: I, <laughs> I was so Chip, you would never know. To everybody thinks I'm very outgoing, and I am outgoing. But I'm also shy, shy. in a way, yeah. and um, oh my gosh, as a teenager, I was painfully shy. So
0: this is, you know, this this is a this is one of these those sweet stories that 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 you very rarely hear about. And, I mean, it's just, it's just so wonderful to, to chronicle this with you. You know, Mary Beth, you, 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 everybody around here loves you. And, uh, I mean, you have been a favorite for so long uh, in this market. And you have retired uh, from uh, the local TV deal here. And uh, you met the love of your life. And, you, and But you guys are not quite done. At least you're not done with the TV aspect of things. And there's a little bit of a, a project you have going on called Flip My Life. Tell us a little bit about that.
5: First. Well, um, first of all, I'm going to speak up because I don't get much speak time, but <laughs> she uh, allowed me to come down and fall in love with Memphis. So, uh, okay, we will be doing all of this in Memphis.
4: Okay, okay. Yeah, I had a meeting today, in fact, in in Crossville, and the waitress was, "Oh, you've lived in Memphis," and you know, over in East Tennessee, all they hear is. Crime rate, crime rate, crime rate. Yeah, rate. I And I, I said, you don't know Memphis, and that's one of the reasons we want Flip My Life to be uh, based in Memphis because it's such a great town. And uh, Memphians embraced me, this this little girl from East Tennessee who didn't know anything about West Tennessee, and that's, I, it's a, it will always be home for me. Um, but it's interesting because. Chip, this project is not—we don't get any credit for coming up with it. Um, it's 100% God's project, and I don't say that lightly because um, because of the issues in my family, I was really struggling with being a public person, where you always have to be happy and perky, yep, yep. no matter what's going on. You know that feeling? Yep, it's yep. it's tough. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I reached for God in 2009, and I found such peace in that morning quiet time that in 2015, I said to God, I was really trying to get out of TV because I thought if I could get off of a public position, I wouldn't have to pretend all the time. Mm -hmm. I said, I will do anything you want me to do. Just show me, but please don't make it be TV. And he gave me the words, flip my life in my prayer journal one morning, shortly after I made that, I surrendered. And it was an idea for a show where we'd take abandoned houses and renovate them for people trapped in generational poverty. Oh, wow. And I just, I put it, I kept putting it off for three years. I was like, I don't, I can't do this. I'm tired. I'm, and in 2018, um, it came back the the in my prayer time Big time, and it it was God telling me, it's time to do Flip My Life, but the houses are supposed to go for people returning from prison. Mm -hmm. And I said, what? Because that was not an issue that had ever really driven me. Mm -hmm. But something about the idea fit. The problem was I had no money, and I really didn't have any contacts that would be able to help me produce a TV show. What people don't know is that you can, you know this because you've been in television journalism. It's different. Television journalism is not producing TV shows. Very true. And I never had networked because I never wanted to be in TV in the first place. So I told God, I have no contacts. I have no money. I don't know how to do this. But I will shoot a pilot if you will show me a contractor with whom I have chemistry who would care about the issue of reentry. Yeah. You do that, and we'll get started. And I thought that was the end of it. This was early March 2018. Mm -hmm. It was Memorial Day 2018 when my daughter and I were in Mascot. I told her about my crush. She found Rick. In August of 2018, I contacted Rick after wondering for two months who this little girl was. And in our first conversation, Rick told me he'd been a contractor since the early 90s. And in 2008, after the crash of the market, Rick had a day where he, in his words, lost his mind.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: What'd you do?
5: This is where I get to speak. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, I, uh, I was needing cash for some work, and I went into a bank, First Tennessee Bank, and with an unloaded BB gun and robbed First Tennessee Bank.
0: Oh, okay.
5: So, well,
4: and that, as you told me, helped it, you
5: evolve. That did. it. it I only... I got I saw all the white privilege involved but I was sentenced to 42 months I did 31 and I was in there with people that had a little bit of marijuana that were black and brown that got 20 years mm. and it just it it made me sick to my it still makes me sick to my stomach to know that there are people in there for little you know yeah i didn't get the time i should
4: have gotten i guess
0: yeah
5: and yeah. when
4: he got out he never had to check a box because he'd never done anything wrong so his family was supportive his mom and dad let him live with them he, mm-hmm. his clients had waited he got he was he had to rebuild his life but he got right back to work in fact he was in prison with william bedford you know former tiger yeah,
0: yeah um, Exactly.
4: Yeah. so he was telling me all this in our first conversation and it did not occur to me that just a few months prior, I had told God I need a contractor with whom I have chemistry who would care about re-entry
0: man, that's, man. 10
4: days forward. We met in Nashville. That was when I realized I am not going to go to my deathbed knowing what I missed. I went home and I told my husband, it's time to stop working on this. I told him the story and he agreed and we began official divorce proceedings. And the morning after I told him, in my prayer time it was like god said so six months ago you told me you needed a contractor with whom you have chemistry who would care about reentry. what yeah. are you going to do now Yep. that's yep. why we're doing flip my life because it can't be any more clear that god wants this done
0: well, listen. and it's
4: our hope that yeah. introducing people to folks who have done bad things but who are redeeming their lives they're holding themselves accountable that we need to give them a second chance and that a restorative criminal justice system helps the whole community. Um, It's not just about helping the individual who through a bad decision is having a rough time. It's also about helping end recidivism. If we make them check a box and they can't get a job, they're going to go back to crime to support their life right if we don't help them get drug counseling absolutely. or whatever led to their bad decision A- absolutely um, uh, so that's yeah. our well, hope
0: well listen uh you know i gotta i have to run here but 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 i i'm just I, i'm really taken by all of this and and god bless you both and all I can say is Thank look, look at, look at God. Um, you know, in, in terms of uh, in terms of answering prayers. But uh, we're going to have to have you guys back uh, once the show uh, gets moving and, and and things start to progress a little bit and find out kind of where things are. But but uh, Mary Beth, we and appreciate that. Mary, yeah, look, I appreciate you guys for taking some time, Mary Beth and Rick. Uh, really wish you, you nothing but the best of luck. God bless you both, and uh, we'll be talking down the road, okay?
4: Okay. Thank you, Chip. Appreciate take it. We do Thank have you. a GoFundMe to help pay for production costs, so please check
0: out my Facebook page. There you go. Thank you, Mary Beth. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. you, Rick. All right. What an interview. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to break, and uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to talk about, uh, uh, this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, with uh, someone from the American Cancer Society. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
2: WYXR supported by the On Stage at the Halloran Center season presenting the Memphis Songwriter Series hosted by Mark Edgar Stewart Mark and his musical guests take audiences on a journey behind the music sharing personal stories and introducing new works The next event is on Thursday, November 10th For more information, visit orpheum memphiscom
1: This is Will Goodwin, co-founder at Crosstown Brewing Company Just like WYXR, Crosstown Brewing supports Memphis music and our neighbors who use their talents to make it. Our beers can be found at our 3,000 square foot taproom right here at the Crosstown Concourse and at your favorite bars, restaurants, and stores throughout Tennessee, Mississippi, and Eastern Arkansas. Enjoy. real talk on the tune in mobile app under wyxr and he's now streaming live on facebook and you can also catch a rebroadcast on youtube just put wyxr in the search box and hit subscribe now back to more real talk with chip washington
0: and welcome back to the show on this monday evening chip with you and uh We're going to talk a little bit about uh, breast cancer awareness month, which comes around every October. Of course, uh, breast cancer kills so many of 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 our of our ladies uh, out there each and every year. Uh, They have uh, you know research is continuing on you know eventually uh, trying to trying to cure folks of this of this situation. Uh, But uh, I have someone here, a couple folks here, as a matter of fact, who are going to talk to me a little bit about. the situation uh, of Breast Cancer Awareness Month and also Race for the Cure and some other things. Uh, please welcome to the show Elizabeth Ennis. She is the Senior Development Manager for the American Cancer Society. And also joining us uh, is, is Matt Rich. And, and the reason why Matt is with us is because he's going to talk about an effort uh, to fundraise uh, from the men, men. Males do get breast cancer as well. And uh, he's involved in this uh, to help to fundraise as well. Welcome both of you to Real Talk. It's good to see you.
6: Good to see you. Thanks for having Thank
0: us. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So, uh, Elizabeth, uh, this is uh, this is a, a big month, obviously, uh, and in particular, you know, for you folks at the American Cancer Society, and, and you're getting ready for Race for the Cure. But in terms of where we are, uh, you know, in, in in terms of research uh, and things like that, uh, you know, in terms of breast cancer. Where do you think we are in, in in terms of you know getting a little bit closer to maybe trying to find a cure in terms of research and other things?
6: Yeah, absolutely. So, it, like you said, it is a big month. Um, we're actually getting ready for our our walk, which is the Making Strides Against Breast Cancer walk.
0: You know uh, what? I, I apologize. You're <laughs> and, you're absolutely right. I apologize yeah, for that. Yeah. No worries. So
6: yeah. Um, and then you know, obviously, Roman, where pink is in full effect as well, but. You know, right now, the American Cancer Society is um, currently funding over $71 million in breast cancer research alone. Wow, wow, wow. Through 153 grants throughout the U.S. and um, a couple of those being here in Tennessee.
0: Making Strides Against Breast Cancer, that, that event, how long have you all been doing that? That's been going on for a while, has it not?
6: It has. This is actually our twenty second year here in Memphis.
0: Lord, 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 that's a lot. And every and every year, uh, it gets it seems to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And there are so many people who want to be involved with this because, uh, you know, as you said, it, it touches everyone. I mean, whether it touches you personally or a family member or a friend, talk a little bit about that.
6: Absolutely. So the Making Strides Against Breast Cancer really it's a movement um, but it's our opportunity to host a awareness walk and invite out anyone and everyone that wants to be involved or has directly been impacted by breast cancer Um, you know we encourage everyone to come out wear their pink bring their friends and family and just walk with us and then obviously hopefully help us fundraise um, because that's how we're able to continue to the work that we do through both our fundraising teams and individuals and our corporate partnerships and community partnerships. So it's a really fun um, opportunity to, like I said, bring out the family. Uh, It's actually coming up this Sunday, October 16th. Uh, We start out at Tiger Lane and walk through the Cooper Young neighborhood. But um, the event opens at 1.30. The walk starts at 3 o'clock and we'll actually have a Some of our real men were pink ambassadors of this year out there with us this
0: year. And speaking of that, uh, you know, uh, when I talked to you initially, I I wanted to have, you know, a man involved, uh, if we could, in terms of this interview, because, A lot of people know where the focus is uh, in terms of breast cancer is is, is with females, but men get it too. Men, there are cases that uh, men that have breast cancer, and Matt uh, Rich is uh, with us uh, tonight as well. And Matt, you have decided uh, that you want to help to fundraise uh, for this fine and worthy cause in terms of uh, making strides. Talk about that
7: uh yeah for sure so about three years ago elizabeth reached out and uh was saying hey we've got this you know campaign that we've done for a few years now called real real men wear pink that's right uh we'd love for you to join and i think she came across me on linkedin and uh, I, my mom had actually just gone through breast cancer the month before. Um, so about two months before she asked me, uh, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer oh. um, and uh, was able to go through remission. And and, and, and by God's grace, she is actually uh, breast cancer free. Wonderful. As it stands now. Wonderful. And uh, so it was kind of a, a, an odd timing when she reached out and said, hey, we're doing this cool thing. We're, you are going to wear pink all month. Uh, you know, the goal is to raise $2,500. Um, and I said, you know what, let's do it. Um, But to touch on your question, you know, when we jumped into it, I had no idea that males deal with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they're estimating about 300,000 people this year alone is going to be diagnosed with breast cancer. Yeah. 2,700 of those are men. Well, you know, you think about me being a man, that's the last thing you're worried about is breast cancer. Sure. Uh, And actually, last year, I had uh, um, a great time meeting some of the guys, and one of the guys we met actually had breast cancer three separate times. You um, so, even though we, oh, you know, wow. we may be thinking wow. about prostate, maybe when we're older yeah. or, you know, hey, breast is my mom, you know, my mom's got to worry about that. Um, I think being on top of that and knowing your body um, is it, going to help, you know, the men that are involved with this, because that's just one last thing um, that you have to worry about if you stay on top of it. And I think the ACS has done a good job to make sure people know that those men need to be aware of that.
0: When you talk about uh, uh, the campaign, the Real Men Wear Pink campaign, and you approach, you know, men that, that you know, you know, friends, individuals and whomever. Uh, are they are they instantly receptive because they know how important uh, the overall cause of this is?
7: Yeah, I, I think so. I think, you know, uh, which I were speaking of earlier, I think everyone knows somebody who's been affected by cancer. Um, you look at the numbers, you know, 300,000 people this year are going to be diagnosed. That's a lot of people. More than likely, you know, somebody who's in that number, whether it be a cousin, a mom, a dad. Um, and I've worked with organizations to help fundraise this and they really love the cause. Um, uh, cause at the end of the day, you probably know someone who's been affected by breast cancer. And just from last year to this year, um, two of my uh, fundraise people, fundraisers that I kind of depend on, um, they actually have people in their immediate family who have been diagnosed with breast cancer. So it's out there. People are very aware of it. And they know when it comes October, I'm wearing that pink, and I'm coming to knock on that office door. I'm coming to get that money. So, <laughs>
0: yeah, Man, yeah. well, God bless you for that. And Elizabeth, you know, talking about the, the numbers the sheer number of, of individuals uh, who will be diagnosed just this year alone three hundred thousand people that is an incredible amount of 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 human beings you know who are diagnosed with with a with a, a very serious issue, and um, so it really is it, it really is important for folks to to galvanize you know I've been to some of these events in the past uh, you know the Making Strides events. And you see a combination, you see the generations, you see family generations. I mean, you know, see the grandmother, the daughter, you know, and the, and the kids and the grandkids and things like that. How, how, how heartwarming is it for you every year? Because there's a spirit out there that, you know, we're going to fight this and we're going to do everything we can to make sure that other people don't get uh, this disease that maybe we got. And, and you know, and, and things like that. How important is that?
6: Well, it's extremely important and like Matt said, you know, over 300,000, just to kind of break that number down for you. That's one in eight women that will be diagnosed with breast cancer in their lifetime. For men, obviously it's a little bit um, lower. It's one in 833. Uh, But like, like Matt said, just thinking about like you being a part of, as a woman, me being part of, you know, one in eight women. Well, I can grab a a nine girls right now and figure out, you know, I would be one of those, I could be one of those people that would be diagnosed. And so to think about it in that sense, you have to think about why we're doing what we do, you know, why we, you know, harp so much on, on funding research, why we really lean into access to care and making sure that these women's of all, you know, all races and all communities and all incomes, you know, are able to, you know, get to their mammograms or get to their appointments. And, um, you know, really learn about that preventative care and that early detection. And that, so
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's that te- that, why
6: we we spread this this information out and while we have these events and really just kind of bring as much attention to this cause as we possibly can.
0: Prevention and testing. And you, you name two biggies right there. Prevention and testing. Uh, and and th- that really is what we need to get people to really focus in on and pay attention to, don't we?
6: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, it's, it's looking at, um, you know, older women who are, who are, um, you know, in those ages to start getting their mammograms. Are they making sure that they go to those appointments? How can we help them get there? Um, you know, making sure that, that we're eating right. And like Matt said, listening to our bodies, um, even, you know, the younger generation, you know, we're funding this researcher so that we can fund the future and be able to find it even earlier you know um especially with the the baraka gene you know with these young women they're being able to go in and find out okay i have this gene mutation here's what i'm susceptible to in the future and how can i take care of myself to hopefully not be diagnosed down the road
0: well elizabeth ennis and matt rich uh were talking about uh uh the making strides against breast cancer uh walk uh, event this weekend uh please go out and participate let's raise 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 uh more money than we ever have Uh, god bless you both for the work that you do uh, on a daily basis to try to save so many lives out there really appreciate you coming on the show and i hope that uh, it's a smashing success this weekend
6: absolutely well i appreciate it and you know um just to kind of follow up with that so if you are interested in joining the making strides against breast cancer walk on Sunday. Um it is a free walk. Mm-hmm. We encourage everybody to visit our website at makingstrideswalk.org/memphistn and then um the Roman Were Pink campaign, you know that is a separate campaign that kind of feeds into our making strides movement. So like Matt said, he's one of 36 guys in the Memphis area that are going out. They're wearing their Pink. They're starting those conversations, and they're raising money, hoping to reach the goal of 225000 this year. And so they, um, they'll they be out of the walk, too. So if you're interested in donating to their campaign, you can go to realmenwearpinkacs.org slash Memphis TN to donate.
0: God, really, thank you both. And, and before I get out of here, Matt, you're absolutely 100% right. Real men do wear pink.
7: so i I, know i've got too many pink shirts but i have to buy new ones every year so i'm always glad to wear it no problem
0: there you go (laughs) thank you both for coming on the show i really appreciate you guys take care of yourselves i'll talk to you soon thank you
6: thank you all righty thanks
0: guys all right we're going to uh have uh one final break and when we come back we're going to shift gears and talk about our favorite sports team the memphis grizzlies with somebody who knows a little bit about that this is real talk memphis i'm chip right back
6: Support for WYXR comes from Focal Point. Located in Crosstown Concourse, Focal Point is a Southern College of Optometry clinical facility that offers fittings with designer eyewear and eco-friendly frames. Learn more at focalpointcrosstown.com.
2: WYXR is supported by the Orpheum Broadway season, presenting Pretty Woman the Musical, October 11th through the 16th. Pretty Woman the Musical is brought to the stage by lead producer Paula Wagner and features an original score by Brian Adams and Jim Valance. For more information, visit orpheum-memphis.com.
0: yeah, the town is buzzed, ladies and gentlemen, uh, because the Memphis Grizzlies are about to get back into action. They had a public workout here. I don't know if it was yesterday or whenever it was, and people are still talking about the chemistry and the fun. So I wanted to find out from someone in the know about uh, this basketball team, where are we going this year and how far are we going to take all of this? So I invited uh, Miss Jessica Benson to the show. She is a part of the Grind City Media Cruz she's a host of uh, the Memphis Grizz and Grind City and Jessica great to have you on the show tonight.
3: Thanks for having me good time of year to do it.
0: Absolutely that so uh, you spend a lot of time talking about the Grizzlies and uh, you know interviewing uh, members of the team and and uh, the coaches and everything so what have you seen the season starts when October 19th did
3: I get that Yep. Oh. Yeah, October nineteenth against the New York Knicks will be the season opener and the home opener right here at FedEx Forum. Oh, so man. really, right around the corner.
0: Big night, big night. So, how are the team? How's the team looking in your eyes so far this year?
3: Yeah, it, they look good, and more importantly, you just mentioned the open practice that was held out at FedEx Forum over the weekend, where thousands of fans came out just to watch this team participate in an open practice, which I think just really. Identifies the vibe going into this year, which is high expectations, a whole lot of fun. You have a bona fide superstar now in John Morant, but it's not just about John Morant. This is a team that that really embraces the entire team, and everyone coming back this year has one goal in mind, and that's to continue on with the success that they've seen the last couple of seasons. That success led them to the Western Conference semifinals last year, so the natural progression forward would be – to make it to the NBA Finals. And this is a group that they really like each other. They have a lot of fun playing basketball. A lot of them coming out of last year said it was the most fun they've ever had playing the game of basketball. And now they're back trying to build on last year's success.
0: Chemistry is a word uh, that a lot of people use, but it really does mean something when a team has a natural chemistry with each other. They, they support each other. They encourage each other. They play for each other. How important is that chemistry uh, to a team's success, in your opinion?
3: It's huge. And, you know, we often say the cliches of a lot of C words when it comes to chemistry and culture and cohesion and confidence and how all of those things play a huge role in creating the identity of a team. And, and you see it with the Grizzlies. It's so fun to be a part of. And especially this time of year before the game start, where it's really just a matter of the preseason and first times hearing from certain teams. And there's a lot of drama around the NBA, whether it be in Los Angeles with the Lakers or everything going on with the Golden State Warriors right now. And here in Memphis, it's like nothing but good vibes, good times. Everyone's just ready to get back out there and, and play basketball. So when you don't have any of those like extracurriculars circling around the team, it makes it really easy to focus on one thing. And one thing only, and that's going out and getting off to a good start this season.
0: Speaking to uh, Jessica Benson from Grind City Media, and 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 you know you you mentioned it, and the the confidence that this team has, and there's a swagger to them uh, in terms of uh, what they did last year and they won 56 games last year uh do you see them at least reaching that mark or maybe even exceeding that mark and where do you see them fitting in in the top eight you know as as, as you play for a, a spot in the in the playoffs
3: yeah the path is certainly there for them to have yet another tremendous season the western conference it feels like a broken record saying it year after year, it's relocked, it's reloaded, it's going to be even better than it was last season. You have the Los Angeles Clippers, who are one of the deepest teams in the league, and they get Kawhi Leonard back. You have the Denver Nuggets, who you're going to have the opportunity to see what Jamal Murray can do, linked up with two-time MVP Nikola Jokic. You get Michael Porter Jr. back in that mix as well. So there's two teams who were behind the Grizzlies last year who will certainly be in contention this time around. But I think you have to have a a great load of confidence in this Grizzlies team, even looking into the way their season ended you lose to the eventual champions, you lost your superstar in the playoffs to injury, you never want to play the, the what-if, what-could-have-been game, but it's easy to get sucked into that, right? And yeah. so even going into this year, to have Don Morant back at the helm, to have Desmond Bain, who took a tremendous leap in year two to see what that next leap forward looks like, how can he become an even better three-level scorer. Dylan Brooks is back with his defense, with his tenacity, with that little edge that he gives the team. Obviously, one of the big questions going into the year is when will Jaron Jackson Jr. return? And I think that will really allow this team to reach its fullest potential. And everything we've heard in camp is that he's progressing forward in a good way, that no setbacks have happened during camp and the preseason. And so that original timeline of four to six months, does that land him? Closer to November, we're closer to January. That's what we're waiting to see now. But the pieces are certainly in place for the Grizzlies to make a, no, a lot of noise this year, and this time they won't really be taking anyone by surprise. Mm, you
0: know, we have the unquestioned uh, superstar. I think you mentioned, and everybody knows about Ja Ja is is is, is proving himself uh, not only here but in, through the entire league. Everybody knows this kid is special. He really is special, and he's the leader of this team. But he, but he, but 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 he, he he's he is the leader of the team. Jessica but 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 he doesn't really act like he's just one of the guys. I mean he's one of the guys this this team has a, a just an amazing affinity just to, for each other they care about each other and I mean there is no you know you know one and above it's just it's just an entire team unit and your coach I heard him say that he said man you know the, the, what you saw uh, in terms of that open practice the other day is really how this team is and, and that that's really fun to watch
3: Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing that's so cool about having a young leader like John Morant is that he had those humble beginnings. Like, this was a kid who was always fighting against the odds, going to Murray State, barely getting to Murray State, and then going on to be the number two pick in the NBA draft. And and now look at him. Like, we always knew he was good, but he's been tremendous. He's 101 of his size and his ability to get to the rim. And as he's already knocked off you know, a handful of accolades within his very young NBA career, you could going to this season, like, sure, he's probably chasing after being in contention for MVP, but he'll never say that. He'll say his number one goal is to go win a championship with his team and the entirety of the team. And even just little things like Trey Draper tweeted out a video yesterday from that open practice where John Morant, instead of just leaving, bouncing, it's a Sunday, he could have gone and done other things. He went out of his way to go through the garage to meet fans, to surprise fans and take pictures with them and sign autographs. And that's really who he is. Like, he doesn't just do that for the show. He does it because he cares. And Memphis is so lucky to have someone who is so invested in the city. He's all about the city. He fits in perfectly. And he also just happens to be one of the most exciting young players in the league.
0: Well, I tell you what looking forward to uh, to a great season i mean they got the, the city was on fire last year with our greers and we're looking forward to 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 the same thing this year and jessica if you don't mind at some particular point in time uh, during the season i'd like to have you back uh, you know to give us yeah. an update on where things stand now that i have now that i have you in my in my stable now i can't i'm not letting you go now you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna be a part of the part of the real talk memphis uh, family here okay
3: Deal. Well, I think it's going to be a really fun season ahead here in Memphis, so there will be plenty to talk about. And for everyone listening, to over at Grind City Media, uh, 8 to 9.30 a.m. every weekday morning, we've got Rise and Grind. We talk about the Grizzlies and everything. So stay tapped in there, and I'll for sure come back and catch up with you during the season.
0: Absolutely that. Jessica Benson, thank you so much for taking some time, and I'll talk to you down the road, okay?
3: Cool deal. Have a good one.
0: Okay, okay, bye-bye. Well, what a great show, ladies and gentlemen, tonight. Uh, We kind of ran the gamut uh, of uh, – I don't know, from one end of the rainbow to the other. we finished up strong with the Grizzlies. And uh, as, uh, as, uh, uh, as Cell plays us out, I'm sorry, I had a little brain thing there. As Cell plays us out, uh, thank you for checking us out tonight. Really appreciate you, uh, you know, tuning in, watching, uh, supporting the broadcast, and all of the things it's that go along tough. with that. A uh, lot of, lot of yeah. fun to do this. Uh, on, a, on a, you know, on a weekly basis, this is uh, the best time, the most enjoyable time for me each every week to spend this hour, 6 to 7 p.m. with you. Uh, as I said, I know a lot of you are on fall break, but hopefully, you get a chance to check us out. If you check us out live tonight. Uh, we are a podcast, so when the show is posted tomorrow, you can find us wherever you get your podcast. So, uh, in the meantime, in between time, uh, safety first. Okay, be safe out there, Uh, you know, kind of watch out for yourself, watch out for each other. Uh, You know, we're all out and about, we're doing our thing, we're living our lives, Uh, but we need to be safe, okay? We need to kind of watch out uh, for the other person, see what's going on out on these streets and make sure that we're all safe. For those of you who are on vacation this week, because the kids are out, uh, I hope you have a great time. I hope you enjoy yourself wherever you are and whatever it is you are doing. But for all of us here at the Real Talk Memphis, for Nicole, for Lola, and for Cell, I'm Chip, and I'm out. Have a great week. We'll talk soon.